Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. Today we have another amazing birth story for you and it's Lizzie's story. And my conversation with Lizzie is really awesome in the sense that it's so telling of the power of this community that we've been able to create here at Doing It at Home and the power of empowered conversation around home birth. So Lizzie shares that the podcast, Doing It at Home, actually had a lot of influence on her pregnancy and home birth experience. She talks about utilizing a lot of the tips and tricks that she heard from other mamas on the podcast. And she was able to create a birth experience that in her words was so peaceful, she couldn't even believe it was her doing it. And I just love that. And now here she is sharing her story. And I know that's going to influence and inspire other mamas and then so on and so on and so on. We're just creating this beautiful ripple effect of magic and empowered women trusting in their bodies, trusting in the process. And it's just beautiful. And it's really awesome to talk with Lizzie. She's so fun. And this is a great one to listen to if you kind of classify or identify yourself as a tense or maybe more anxious person, because that's how Lizzie sees herself. And yet, despite all of that, she could still have a home birth, you know, to put it her way. And she talks about surrender and how that's not a big part of her personality or something that she sees a lot for herself, but she could do it and she could still do it. That's the way she puts it. And props to her husband, Richie, and birth partner for being such a support and influencer. She says if it wasn't for him, she wouldn't probably have had a home birth. So thank you, Richie, for standing by your woman. And it's just so much fun. So I'm going to stop talking and let you listen to Lizzie's birth story. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome to the podcast. 
Hey, Sarah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, I am too. I'm so grateful to you. You know, we were chit-chatting a little bit before officially hitting record on just all the things that we all have going on in our lives. And you can relate to the self-employed kind of ebb and flow lifestyle. And so we were sharing some camaraderie on that. And just uh, any time that anyone can take to set aside to do something like this, I'm just always so grateful. And so is Matthew, who is not here today. As we were talking about earlier, um, our child care got wiped out this week due to a lot of cold and sickness that's going around right now. So uh, he's holding it down with Maya and I get to hang out with you. So yay. Sounds good. I'm, I'm excited. I'm sad that I don't get to meet Michael, but um, but you're awesome enough for the two of you. So, Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll just do a little call later on. Like we'll just, I'll have him call you to say hi and, and wrap up. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that well, sounds good. Why don't you kick us off with just telling us a little bit about you and your family and what you all are up to? Yeah. Um, we live, um, outside Memphis, Tennessee. It's me and, uh, my husband, Richie and our oldest daughter is two. Her name's Josie. Um, and then Abel is our son and he is 11 weeks old and we, uh, my husband is self-employed and, um, I just take care of the kids and take care of feeding my husband so that he can work. Um, (laughs) so we're very blessed to spend a lot of family time. That's kind of our, you know, our meaning to life, I guess, to us is to spend a lot of time with our kids. And so, uh, that's what we do. That's amazing. And in the spirit of motherhood, sisterhood, I just want to acknowledge that you said you just take care of the kids and feed Richie and all that great stuff. That is not a just, um, my lovely friend. That is like, remove that. You have a full-time job. So I just wanted to throw that out there. We all need that reminder. I don't know how I do so much cleaning, like the cooking. (laughs) I don't understand how the kitchen is always dirty. I did the dishes for like forever yesterday morning. And then this morning, the entire sink was full and only like Four people live here. One of them doesn't even eat anything. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of work, but I know very I... worth it and fun. It doesn't feel like a job. <laughs> awesome, great, cool. Just wanted to you know rectify that because you are awesome. Uh, <laughs> so you have been listening to the show for a while and doing it at home. Kind of had a cool role in your journey around home birth. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. I've listened to you guys. I think I started listening when I was like 34 weeks pregnant Mm -hmm. around that time with my second, with Abel. So not with Josie. I did not discover you guys for my first, but for my second, when I was planning the home birth is when I found you guys. Okay. And so at that stage, at 34 weeks, you were going home birth route. Had you decided from the beginning of the pregnancy of baby number two that you were going home birth? Yes, we had... um, kind of the reason. So my husband wanted to have a home birth with our first. Oh, cool. And whenever I tell, like when I told my midwives that they were like, what is he military? Is he, why did he No, he just, (laughs) we watched the business of being born, which I hear that's a lot of people, um, on the show I've heard have seen that. And I think we watched that. Yeah. We watched it while I was like seven months pregnant with our first. Okay. And Richie was like, we've got to have a home birth. And I was like, I need more time to prepare for this. I'd never Mm. thought of um, anything, you know, like that. Um, So he actually was always kind of pushing me in a very gentle way that he thought we needed to do home birth. And what really sealed the deal was how expensive the hospital birth was. Um, Uh Our first was born on January 1st, which was cool because she was the New Year's baby in Memphis. 
but our insurance like deductible started over oh, um, on gosh. January 1st. So we got slammed with bills. Like, and I still don't know how they were as high as they were, but I remember it was um, after her first birthday, we got a $1,000 bill. This is a year after we'd already paid probably 7000 out of pocket. Got a $1,000 bill a year after the fact. And it was really to me like, knock, knock. God was like, yeah, you, this is so, this is too expensive. Cause I've been thinking, how can anyone afford to have babies? Yeah. Um, and home birth here was the total prenatal and labor and delivery and, um, postnatal care was 4,000. Wow. Um, flat. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, it was that last thousand dollar bill from the hospital where I was like, I can't do this again. I can't justify like my fears keeping me from doing, you know, what I think is right and also cheaper. Right. Yeah. It's funny. I can't remember which specific one it was, but one of the many awesome uh, natural and home birth documentaries has someone in an interview saying, you know, you don't always think that cheaper is better. But in the case of birth, lots of times, mm-hmm. the more economical choice was actually the better care or, you know, the the fuller care, you know, whatever it is, the the attention and the time and all of that and the experience itself can be better. Uh, so I've found that interesting. So in your case as well, that was that was what happened. Yeah, it's not only cheaper, but you also just get so much more. Right. Um, I mean, anyone probably who's worked with you know, OBs, like I had a birth in the hospital and, um, at home. So I know that midwife care is so much better and, uh, just so much better than what you typically receive from an OB. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to pull a little excerpt actually from one of our emails that we exchanged, uh, to touch on this for a second. You mentioned that you had a lot of anxiety around labor, during your your first birth with Josie. And I was just wondering if you could share a little bit of that or, or what was that that came up for you or, or why or how? Because I'm sure, you know, lots of mamas listening might have some pre, you know, anxiety about labor and what that'll be like. So what was it for you and how did you move through that? Yeah, um, so I didn't have a ton actually of anxiety with Josie, but that was because, um, you know, I was going to the hospital And I really was like, um, you know, I kind of had said, I'm not going to go in there and get the epidural right away. Um, I'm going to kind of wait because I didn't want, you know, you you hear the stuff about how it can stall labor. And so I kind of had said, you know, I'm going to wait as long as I can for the epidural. My husband was encouraging me to go natural. And I told him, you know, I'm probably going to get the epidural because I wasn't set. Like, I know if you're going to go into the hospital and not get the epidural, you've got to be really like, I'm going to do this thing. (laughs) Um, And I wasn't. So I labored for a while in the hospital without epidural. um, And I was just so, I guess, anxious in the hospital. And I think that honestly, what caused that is, you know, you've, we've all, if you're doing home birth, have probably read or heard from your midwives or, um, just other resources about kind of the nature or the natural aspect of giving birth. Like if you were in the wild and an animal was giving birth, they're going to go to their comfort place right. um, and kind of be peaceful and quiet and alone. And if they start to feel danger, like if you came and shined a bright light on them, mm-hmm. they would actually like stop their own labor. So anyone who's been in the hospital 
to give birth knows that nurses come in constantly to like, have you sign paperwork? Um, just stuff that you can't deal with yeah. when you're um, having contractions. Like it's, it's very hard to get in the zone like you need to be when you keep having interruptions when you're in a strange place. So during the part where I didn't have the epidural, the pain was really intense. And in between contractions, I was shaking like uncontrollably because I was so, um, I guess, distraught, like I was could not handle it. Um, and there was the point where I, I had a doula at the time, actually, and I looked at her and I said, is this going to get worse? Mm. And she was like, yeah, it's probably going to get worse. And I said, I cannot, I can't do this. Mm. Um, and so I got the epidural and, and everything went great. You know, I mean, I got the epidural and, you know, I, my labor didn't stall. I had a, still had a really fast, um, delivery, but the experience, I guess, of the anxiety that I had in the hospital and the pain that I couldn't manage because of my surroundings carried over into my home birth because, when I decide to have a home birth, I think, okay, I'm going to have a home birth. Unfortunately, I kind of have this memory of what contractions feel like. Um, and I couldn't handle it then. Um, but I kind of just had to realize, um, as I kept preparing for home birth that they were unmanageable because I wasn't prepared, you know, like I had not prepared at all to try and manage them naturally. I was not in, um, my surroundings were not conducive to um, being able to be relaxed. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that was hard, just kind of having the memory of the extreme anxiety that I had with Josie in the hospital um, when I was experiencing those labor pains. That's what was kind of hard to accept that I was going to go through again. Mm. Wow. So then what were some things that you did to, to kind of cope and move forward and heal from that. Um, I know you talked about you, you were able to put some tips and tricks into your tool bag, you know, going as it got closer to birth number two, but what were some of those things, if you can remember? Um, the first, well, I really don't think I was mentally prepared to have um, a peaceful home birth until I was like 36 weeks pregnant up until that time. Um, I was committed to doing it and I kind of had accepted um, that this is what I was meant to do as a woman. Mm. Like this is the way I was meant to give birth and I knew something good was going to come out of it, even if it was, you know, even if it was unpleasant. Um, But my midwife was um, cleaning out books um, and it was after an appointment and she said, oh, by the way, go up front and get any book that you want. Um, Take as many as you want. There is a book called um, Joyous Childbirth Changes the World. It's by um, Dr. Tadashi Yoshimura. He's um, got a Japanese birth center that's pretty famed over there. Um, and that was a very empowering book to read. His philosophy was basically women are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, women know how to birth if you just leave them alone. All these interventions that we do um, are not needed and are robbing them of like a spiritual experience, a divine experience, robbing them of, um, you know, just becoming their true selves by, um, being able to labor naturally and kind of own their birth. So that, uh, really kind of made me feel empowered. And then I started listening to you guys and I did that because a lot of women, I guess, like to watch, you know, you can find birth 
videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't like watching those because when you're watching, you know, a birth video, you're watching someone in the moment um, going through uh, just managing labor. And that could kind of be a little stressful. Sure. And when you listen to the podcast that you guys have, women are telling their story after the fact. And it's, it was always so positive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, everyone just was so positive on y'all show that it, it made me just feel very um, confident that, you know, if it was just a horrible, terrible experience, nobody would be on here talking about how great it was or <laughs> how they've had three and four at home. Um, and then also, so that just helped mentally so much to replace the negativity that we're, that's kind of ingrained into us from the culture of birth. Sure. Um, listening to the stories that you guys tell really helped me replace the fear that was in me with the positive, with the positivity that I was hearing from these women. Um, and not only that, but there were a lot of women who, you know, y'all would ask, how did you manage, um, the contractions or whatever? And I learned a lot of techniques that these women talked about. Um, like specifically, there were a couple of women who talked about, imagining that they were riding a wave Mm. when a contraction came and that's and I had never heard that before took that from you know what I heard on your podcast and that's what I did um during my own labor and I mean it worked amazingly I had a very like quiet I was in the tub didn't really make a peep until I was pushing which was just to kind of use force to get able out um but I never really thought I could have achieved something like that um and it really was just from truly embracing the mind over labor, I guess, um, being peaceful and using a lot of those. I guess some of it was kind of hypnobirthing techniques. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really don't know how I would have had, you know, such a peaceful birth if I had not found y'all's podcast because of just the wisdom and information that you get from people who have done it before. Wow. That's that's extraordinary. I I want to comment on a few things that you mentioned. One, I think it's really useful and powerful that for you yourself, you knew what worked for you to fuel you and to help you replace what some of what wasn't working for you and wasn't serving you. And by that I mean listening to stories after the fact really helped mm-hmm. you. And I think that's great because, you know, I even think about my own birth with Maya and when I watch some of the video now of her birth, even in moments I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, I sound like <laughs> I, I'm not enjoying this experience, you know, just from the noises or some of the guttural things I'm thinking, gosh, help that woman. But I don't, <laughs> I don't relate to any of that as pain, of course. And when I talk about my birth story, it's beautiful and it's magical. And I don't think of it as this traumatic experience yet to someone watching it, or even sometimes myself, depending on my state, I could see it like that. So exactly. Yeah. For you, I think it was, I think it speaks to your awareness and self, you know, knowing to, to, to know that's what worked for you. So I think that's amazing. And then the, the techniques and things that you were able to pull and kind of like, yep, that one works for me. I'm going to try that one on that one, I think is awesome. And you birthed, I know we'll get into it in a second, but you birthed in the tub, right? In water. Mm-hmm. So you were yeah. literally, you know, with the waves and with the water. So I just think that's so cool that you were able to incorporate that. Yeah. And I would just like um, encourage any woman who's listening who 
maybe thinks that home birth sounds great, but you know, they're not the type of person who can handle it. I totally did not think I was the, you know, air quotes here kind of woman who could handle that. Um, Obviously every woman can handle it, but we doubt ourselves so much. Um, You know, I'm, my husband has always tried to get me to like do yoga and kind of do these relaxing, mindful things. And I've, I've my whole life kind of been a little more, um, I don't know, tense and tightly wound and have a hard time letting go of worries and anxiety um, and giving birth kind of, to, at least for me to have a peaceful experience was about the surrender. Mm. Um, and that's totally, that's not my personality, uh-huh. but I still could do it. Like it was, it, it's crazy that, um, you know, if, if I can do it, anyone who's having anxieties about birth can do it because that's not my nature to kind of let go and relax my mind and buy into, you know, kind of the mental talking you can do to yourself that really works. Um, anyway, so just encouragement to anyone out there who thinks that maybe they um, would like to do it, but don't know if it's if it's for them. Because I I'm just still surprised that I handled it the way I did. That's yeah. So I'm looking at your email right now that you sent to me, and you said you were able to experience a birth that was so peaceful. I couldn't believe it was me doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not think that would be, I mean, I just, I knew that it would be fine, you right. know, no matter what. Um, I knew I was going to have a baby at home and that it was going to happen one way or the other. Um, but yeah, just the power of your mind, I guess. Yeah. Is pretty amazing. Um, and then just, yeah, just that it was me because I'm I'm the one who Richie tries to get me to do yoga and I storm out of the room because <laughs> it just trying to relax brings up tension in me. You know what mm. I mean? Um, but then I was able to kind of hypnobirth, I guess. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I learned a, a great thing about myself that that I can use my mind to kind of control my feelings and surroundings. It was yeah. it was great. This podcast is sponsored by Skylight Calendar. Let's be real. Running a household can be exhausting and chaotic. And finding the perfect Mother's Day gift, it's not exactly a no-brainer. Until now. The Skylight Calendar is the best way to organize the family and give everyone, especially mom, some peace of mind to enjoy the things that matter most. The Skylight Calendar is a smart, touchscreen calendar that keeps track of and manages the chores, dinner planning, groceries, and to-dos for the whole family. The Skylight Calendar automatically syncs each family member's digital calendars and displays them all together on one color-coded touchscreen. It even doubles as a digital picture frame so you can finally share all those special moments that are just sitting on your phone. As a limited time offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to skylightcal.com slash easy. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash easy. Get 15% off your Mother's Day purchase now at skylightcal.com slash easy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
That's amazing. So, so let's get into birthday, you know, what was going on or how did you know that birthing time was coming soon? What was that like? Um, well, let's see. I didn't, I, (laughs) I delivered six days, you know, overdue. Okay. Um, so I remember, um, I didn't really know what to expect because with Josie, my first, my water broke and that was the first indication of labor. Mm. I mean, I know that's not really the norm. That's what they show in the movies that your water breaks (laughs) and labor starts, but typically that's not how it goes. Um, and I didn't have any Braxton Hicks with my first or anything. Um, but with, uh, so with my home birth, I guess it was, um, so like the night before, um, I started, I was having like, I guess Braxton Hicks and I didn't really know what it was. And I was sitting there and I said, Richie, look at my stomach. Um, and he felt it and he goes, you're having a, a, a contraction. You're having a Braxton Hicks. And I was like, really, is that what that is? Um, so it's funny that my husband is the one who was like, yeah, that's a Braxton Hicks. Uh, <laughs> Way to go, Richie. But, um, <laughs> yeah. So I kind of had, um, I guess, just cramping. Like all the day that he was born, I had cramping um, kind of from morning until the evening, you know, just kind of the strong menstrual cramp feeling. Um, and then so we were fortunately we were in um, near where my mom lives because the plan was to give Josie to my mom for when we were um, having our home birth. And um, we had met my mom somewhere in Germantown, I think just to eat or something. And I had a contraction that was like, I said, okay, I'm having a baby tonight. Mm. Um, So we were in Germantown, which is good. So I got to leave. Well, sorry, Germantown's where we live kind of far away from my parents, just 45 minutes, but we were there. And so I said, okay, we'll leave Josie with y'all and we're going to go home. And got in the car and I was, I mean, as soon as we, as soon as I had that contraction, they were five minutes apart. Um, and they weren't, you know, they were pretty easy to deal with. And we were in the car and I would sing through the contractions. I kind of was playing like Maroon five and these upbeat songs and, uh, was like, look at me. I'm not anxious. I'm having contractions and I'm doing great. Um, (laughs) got home and, you know, they just were picking up. And I think we, um, I was, I remember I was trying to make Richie a, he was trying to like kind of get the whole house in order, right? Go get firewood to make a fire and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going to make you a sandwich. And I was trying to make him a sandwich. And it took me like 45 minutes to make him a sandwich because I was having contractions in between them. And finally I was just like, you're going to have to finish this sandwich. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> we, uh, let's see, we went to, went into our bedroom, um, and I was kind of having anxiety. You know, it's funny because I think it's really the, when you're giving birth, your primal self is just like trying to find the safe place, mm, right? Yeah. And so I said, let's go to the bedroom because maybe I feel comfortable there. Um, and we were in our bedroom and I just didn't feel right. I was having contractions and just kind of feeling anxious. Um And so we got in the shower and I had always heard, I've heard people on your show say how great the shower is. And I've always thought, how would a shower help with your contractions? Like that doesn't make any sense. But we were in that shower together for like an hour and a half. um, And it helped. I mean, it helped the sensations um, and the intensity so much, just that hot water. Mm. Um, And another crazy thing is 
I realized afterwards, I was like, Richie, we were in that shower and it was hot for an hour and a half. And if I take a shower now, it'll be cold in 30 minutes. Um, and it was like, wow. I just felt like God was like giving our water heater extra power. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let Lizzie to have keep all my the shower hot, water. hot for an hour and a half. Yes. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then I think we got out of the shower and, um, I was laboring in the living room. Um, and that's when we called our midwife. We had a midwife and then she has an apprentice, um, and said, I think I'm getting maybe near transition. You guys come over. Um, and while we were in the living room is kind of when I was getting to the point where it was really hard to stand up during contractions. Um, and I was starting to get nauseous, which I also experienced with my first in the hospital. And that was the point in the hospital where I kind of lost it because, um, I don't know. Did you have nausea with Maya? I threw up in transition. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And before that I had had a couple of gags and kind of dry heaves and I was just gotcha. thinking, please, no, Ugh. please, no. And <laughs> it <Yeah>. happened. <laughs> so, so to me, that was kind of like, when you're having a contraction and then you feel nauseous, it kind of kicks it to another level. Yeah. Like it's just so much to deal with. And so I was starting to get nauseous and, um, Richie, he, Richie will say he could tell at that point that I was starting to not lose it, but really kind of get, um, okay, this is getting really tough. Yeah. Um, and my midwife got there at about that time. Um, and she checked me um, just by looking at, oh, what is it? The sacral line um, going up that yeah. goes like from your butt crack up yep. to your back. Mm -hmm. um, she never performed a cervical check on me the That's entire, cool. you know, prenatal or during labor. And she checked and I told her, I told her check, but don't tell me how far along I am because I don't need to know that. You know what I mean? Um, if I'm really dilated or it looks like I'm real dilated, then that's great. I'll be excited. But if I'm not, then it's going to bum me out. I get it. Um, so I told her not to tell me. And then I decided to get in the tub. Um, so I got in the tub. And um, when I got in the tub, I mean, it took my nausea away. And we used our own bathtub. We have a big, you know, a big tub in our bathroom. Um and when I got in the tub, I mean, it took away my nausea. It took my, um, it took the intensity of my track contractions, like down, like in half. Um, and I was in there, I started smiling. I was like, oh my Aww. goodness, this is great. And then my midwife came in and she said, it looks like you're, she said, I checked you and it looks like you're fully dilated. Um, or almost fully dilated. And so I was pretty excited because I'm in the tub and I'm like, this is so easy and I'm almost done. Um, <laughs> so it, it turned out that that wasn't quite the case. I don't know if I, if she just read me wrong because the sacral line is not an exact science. Um, right. I don't, so I don't know if it was just that that was off or if getting in the tub did kind of slow labor down just okay. because of, you know, the gravity and all that stuff. Um, because I labored, I guess it was, I think I was in the tub for like four to five hours. Okay. Um, just laying in the tub. Um, but it was just very, yeah, I just did the mental every time a contraction came, just kind of imagining it as a wave um, and constantly just talking to myself in my head. Um, I had some Bible verses. I had some affirmations that I, that had kind of, 
grabbed me that I would repeat to myself because for me, um, if I, I knew that if I were to let my mind wander and get anxious, then it's kind of like when you let go of the horse's reins too much and it takes off. Mm. Um, so I made sure to just talk to myself the entire time, um, with affirmations and, uh, just things like that to just kind of keep me focused and keep me from being anxious and just keeping me, you know, surrendered to what was going on. I wouldn't let myself think, oh, this really hurts or, oh, that one was bad or I'm nervous about this next contraction. It's going to hurt. Um, and uh, yeah, Richie always, my husband sat right next to the tub. We had like all the lights off and some candles and my midwives were like in our bedroom um, and I really just labored in the tub, didn't really say a peep for a really long time. And the, my midwife would come in every now and then and, um, you know, take the um, check Abel's heart rate and stuff. But it was really we were allowed to just peacefully labor. Um, and then when it came time to I guess when I was in transition, um, my midwife had been kind of observing me for a little bit and she told me, uh, you're doing a great job. You're not fighting the contractions. She said, you can keep going like this, like breathing the baby out, which is kind of what I was doing. She said, you can keep going like this and your baby's going to come out. And she said, or you can go ahead and start trying to push mm. and he'll come out sooner. And I was like, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> um, so I actually started kind of trying to push um, before I necessarily felt okay. the urge. Um, but then once it really, you know, once that pushing feeling was really gripping me, it was, I guess, I think it was one push and then a second push and his head came out. Um, and then I think a third real push and his, and his whole body came out. But it's funny because I was so quiet the whole labor, um, like didn't make a peep other than like my breathing, but to get him out, I screamed like just to, and it's not painful. It was just to get enough force, you know, like when a yeah. tennis player hits a ball. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, and then a funny story that my husband likes to tell is he didn't realize, I guess, that when a baby's born underwater, that they can, that they won't breathe until they hit the air. Right. Um, and so when I pushed his head out, my husband was like kind of, freaking out in his uh -huh. head because he thought that that Abel was like breathing in water mm. and he didn't understand that like me and my midwives are so calm we're right. just sitting there like okay great now we'll wait for the next contraction we'll push him out and he he said he was freaking out in his head um that our son was you know underwater um I, I get it but, I can uh, understand <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I always tell them, I'm like, hey, it's not my fault. You didn't do your research. Right, right. Um, and we were prepared. Um, but, yeah, it was it was great. Um, the feeling of, you know, pushing him out and being done was, was, was really, really great yeah. to have that, you know, have that behind me and have my baby. And then, our, you know, the midwives tucked us both into bed, me and Richie and Avel, and made us um, – uh, dinner. It was, I think one in the morning and they made us food and brought Aww. us food in bed and hung out for a while to make sure that we were all okay. And just being, having a baby and getting to be at home in your own bed afterwards 
is just so much better than being in the hospital. Like it really is so worth it just mm-hmm. to be at home. I agree. That's I mean, if, if that's what you want, right. Or if that's what, you know, is your place or your, your comfort space for that your, sort of event. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. 100%. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine it any other way, you know, after, you know, we had Maya, I mean, I probably moved a span of five feet the, mm-hmm. you know, entire time after she was born and then probably for the next three days. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty awesome. Wow. So I'm, I'm curious then with Abel's arrival and going through that birth experience, did you feel like you were able to kind of, heal in a way or move through what maybe wasn't so settled for you or what had made you feeling any type of way other than awesome about Josie's birth? Like, did you look at that as an opportunity to kind of clear that in a way? Yeah, for sure. Um, I didn't have really any regrets about Josie's birth. Sure. Um, but, it, but it definitely helped just with the anxiety from her birth because I could still um, you know, before I had Abel, when I would talk about Josie's birth, I would still kind of get shaky just remembering kind of the extreme anxiety I felt in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so that still kind of stayed with me. And I definitely, I think it stayed with me because I knew I was going to have more kids. And right. I didn't want to go through that again. Um, and now that I've kind of had the other experience and I've realized that I don't have to go through it that way and that I can, you know, by preparing myself, I can have a different, um, birth experience, uh, definitely has made me, um, feel better about, um, about all that. And then also just kind of, I just, I felt that, um, having a natural birth, um, for me was just kind of accepting, you know, my role as a woman. Um, I, I think that it's, that natural birth has the ability to kind of change us. Um, and for me, I mean, it brought out, um, it, it forced me to um, kind of use my mind to relax myself and all these things that I, I didn't really think I could do because I can tend to be kind of a tense, anxious person. Um, and a lot of times, you know, if I wasn't, if I wasn't faced with something like, Hey, keep your, uh, keep your thoughts drained in here, or you're going to make yourself have a bad time <laughs> during this labor. Um, then, you know, I could have gone my whole life not knowing that I can rein myself in if I need to. Mm. Um, so I just think just, um, when women in general are allowed to just have a baby on their own terms, it can teach us so much about ourselves. Um, yeah, just very empowering, I think. That's so beautifully said. I'm going to make that a quote. And if you just heard that and you thought that was as awesome as I just did, pause, rewind 10 seconds and listen to that phrase, that statement again, because that was amazing. That was very well put. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And how was was Richie, you know, on the other side? You know, he kind of got the home birth he had always wanted, too, which is is Uh great. You know, what's some feedback he has on the experience or, you know, any conversations you've had since Abel's birth? Um. Well, I do think, I think if there's women out there who have, and I feel like this must be a lot of women um, who maybe want to do home births, but have husbands who are anxious because they don't know how to handle it themselves, Mm -hmm. um, that this would probably be, you know, good things for them to take note of because I was 
very blessed to have a husband who was totally confident, more confident than I was in my ability to have a home birth. Like if it it truly, if it was not for him, I would not have had a home birth. That's amazing. um, Because he challenged me and pushed me um, and totally believed in me and also, you know, had no, was just a very strong supporter, no anxiety during the birth, no, um, no fear, no, he knew exactly how to, you know, when I wanted him to sit next to the tub and not talk, or if he'd reach out to touch me and I slap his hand away, you know, he knew how to um, <laughs> just sit there. And, um, and, and that's just his personality is, is he's very calm and, um, and all that. But I was very blessed to have him because I know it's, um, it's really important, you know, the role of your, whoever your birth support is, mm-hmm. um, can, can help you a lot. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, he, he was just ecstatic with the way that everything happened and, um, you know, very proud of me for overcoming, you know, something that I thought I, I couldn't do, but he believed in me the whole time. And mm. so I definitely encourage, um, if there's, you know, husbands out there who are anxious or nervous, um, just to keep doing research because the more, you know, that'll kind of help you, um, be confident, but also just to trust your, um, partner's ability to birth. Um, and, and just to remember to stay, you know, just stay calm and be there for, um, for your partner and she'll give you cues on how you can help. And you don't really have to be too anxious, just kind of step back. And the birth partner definitely has to surrender too to the process because they're not even the ones birthing. They have to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very well said, Lizzie, you're dropping it. I love it. (laughs) And what I think is so cool is you are sharing this now, you know, kind of paying it forward in a way or, you know, giving it back now to the community that you were able to take bits and pieces from other women's stories that you listen to. And now I know there's women listening to this who are going to be taking something from it. So I just love this this community that we've built and women like you in it who, you know, take the things, work for them and then, you know, extend it and magnify it. It's really beautiful. Well, I know, um, I know a few women right now who are about to have babies. I don't know anyone. Well, my sister's is having her first baby. My sister's only 20. Um, and she's using my midwives and planning a home birth. Wow. And I tell her and, um, I have a couple other, um, friends that I know who are trying to have natural births in the hospital. And I tell everybody, I mean, I tell everyone, look up doing it at home podcast. <laughs> I've told people on Facebook, like in the natural birth, um, I'm advertising for you guys everywhere because, um, I mean, it's just, there's so many resources when you get to hear women who've done it. Cause we don't live in a culture, um, where, you know, everyone we know is having natural births. You mm-hmm. kind of can be alone, mm-hmm. um, in some ways. And, and I think the key to the whole thing is just replacing the negativity that our culture has ingrained on us, just replacing it with positivity. That's the most important thing you can do, I think, to have, um, you know, a, a good, peaceful birth of any kind. Yeah. Um, and yeah, y'all's, I mean, you've got how many episodes you guys have? A hundred something. Yeah, we're near 120 now, I think. So by the time this publishes, we'll probably be near 130 or so. Yeah, there's just a crazy wealth of information that you guys have. Um, so yeah, I mean, y'all are y'all are amazing. I would not have had the experience 
that I had without you guys and without your podcast. So thank you. And, um, and I'll be pointing mamas your way, you know, as long as y'all are around. <laughs> well, we'll be here for a minute. So send them and we welcome them. That's <laughs> amazing. Uh, you are amazing too, Lizzie. I'm so grateful to you, to Josie, to Abel and to Richie. Total shout out to Richie and all the dads and powerful birth partners. So, so awesome. And just thank you again for hanging out with us on the Doing It At Home podcast. You are a gem and just we're, we're so grateful. It was so good to talk to y'all and tell Michael, I, Matthew, I'm sorry, I called him Michael. Tell Matthew I said hi. I will. Quick note about the Doing It At Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>